Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Venture Studio, which is my home here. And we are building companies, software technology companies of the next generation and co-piloting and partnering with great founders who want to do that and need capital. They need support. They need coaching. They need everything required to build their world-class company. And If you want to be part of that, you want to be part of the community around building this next generation of companies here in SoCal, you can visit us at oc4v.com. I am super excited to have Nick with me today. And uh, Nick Zazowski is the director of the Global Startup Studio Network. And he's actually joining us from Denver. Uh, So maybe... Uh, but he's going to help us accelerate OC from Denver. And uh, part of what Nick and I have really, um, we've connected on over the last many months is this emerging global network of startup studios. And uh, we were just talking off the air. You know, Some people speculate it could be a couple hundred. He's saying it may be as many as 500 that have emerged. And so we're going to talk today about startup studios and what are they, how do they orient in this whole startup world um, and whether that's with founders, with corporates, with investors and where do they fit. And so they built this really curated and compelling community, couple dozen now global startup studios that are part of their network as well as a a group uh, beyond that as well and are really helping uh, identify metrics and best practices and a whole bunch of things uh, and trends going on in the world. And so it's been great to get to know Nick and and the folks at GSSN over the last many months. And, you know, I also, I think we're really kindred kindred spirits because we think a lot about community and connection and sharing and the kinds of things that, ecosystems need, whether it's geographically like Denver or Orange County or Austin or New York or any of the emerging ones here in the States or around the world that are really figuring out how to produce better outcomes, better companies. Um, and, you know, they, they really believe in that. Nick believes in that. And so I think we're really kindred spirits around that. We'll spend a lot of time today talking about um, where I think we both believe studios play this really critical role in the, the local communities as well. So Nick's great to have you here uh, and excited to have you on Accelerate OC this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me, Carrie. Uh, appreciate it. And I, I couldn't agree more with, I think we'll hear a common thread of community and, and culture through mm-hmm. today's conversation. So uh, thanks, right. thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Well, let's get to the starting line. So as I was saying, you know, we kind of initially connected around this whole topic of uh, venture studios and you guys are really building this global network of connecting folks. So as you think about this term, and you know, I'll start at sort of the higher level of the term studio. 
So whether that's startup studio, venture studio, at, at GSSN, how do you guys really, in your mind, define the term studio? Yeah, uh, great, great start. Uh, and I'll, I'll kick it off, too, by giving a quick background of, sure. of GSSN, too. Uh, some of the listeners may be familiar with our parent company. Uh, so GSSN, we're owned and operated by GAN, which is Global Accelerator Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a network of 120 accelerators around the globe. And then we also have a curated corporate network as well. So 30 corporations. And last July, we kicked off our curated uh, studio community that's now uh, 24 studios uh, around the globe. Um, And through those, all of those entities, we have over 13,000 startups that that we're working with. So uh, just just a quick overview of, of who we are. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, how we define uh, studios and the criteria that we have there and what we start with first and foremost is studios are company builders. So they're people that are creating companies from scratch, from nothing. And really what they're doing is studios are combining an idea with an entrepreneur that fits to become that, that CEO for um, for that company that they're creating and they're solving big problems uh, and then validating them. They have processes around that and then processes for creating and then ultimately spinning the company out from the studio on their own two feet and then uh, scaling scaling from there. So uh, if, I, if I walk through some of the criteria that we say as far as defining what a studio is, um, there's really... There's really seven parts to the puzzle. Um, so one would be uh, starting capital for startups. So it's very mm-hmm. capital intensive to run a studio because, again, you're starting this from scratch. So you're the ones or studios are the ones that are putting uh, their their money where their mouth is. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'll take a step back when I say startup studios around the globe. It's uh, venture studio like OC4. Uh, startup studios, all the same words, company builders and venture builders. So uh, I, I do want to make that that statement there that they're all very, uh, they're all a similar model to us um, as we're defining this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number two would be uh, funding for studio operations. So you're also having to fund that yourself. So it's capital intensive to raise money for your startups. It's also capital intensive to run your own studio. There's teams of 40 that are creating two to three companies a year out there at these studios. Um, then an equity stake and a, and a pretty, um, and we say that the minimum equity stake for a venture studio is at least 15% that you're taking in the company. Um, when you start to trickle down below there, you start to bleed into the accelerator space. Um, so keeping those lines black and white. Uh, and then resources, so providing a plethora of resources so that the CEO can uh, just uh, build product and sell. And then all the administrative stuff is taken care of on the back end by the studio in those earlier days, because that's what generates that capital efficiency and able to grow quicker. Um, And then a set term. Uh, So it's not an incubator. Uh, It's not a place where you go and just hang out uh, with your company or get, get resources and slowly work on projects that, the average for a startup in a studio from creation to when it raises that seed round and leaves is 
six to 18 months um, is, is what, what we see in the industry. And then um, again, we talked about this, your creators, studios are creators. They're, they're the ones that are actually starting the company from day one. And then uh, the final and seventh uh, criteria piece that we look at is just a strong team. This is a, a something that's really important because networks are really important um, and, and building companies. And does the studio have a strong team? And, and, and are you bringing in strong founders? Uh, because that's really important as you start raising money and, mm-hmm. and going out and building and growing your own team. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's how we would, we really define that's studio. Fine. So hopefully that, that sets a good foundation. for. That's today. a great, yeah, great foundation. I mean, I think my experience last year when we were really starting to explore um, if the studio model was really the model that we wanted to try to build toward uh, I think, you know, most of those criteria were part of those conversations. And as you know, um, people are experimenting with variances around that uh, all along a continuum. I mean, I, I've yet to find two that are identical. Yeah. I'm sure you probably have, but I feel like there's just, you know, maybe it's with that many different elements plus all the variables of the people involved or the industry or the geography or what have you, um, we, you know, we, we sort of look at, Hey, we, we don't want to reinvent anything that is working in other places. Like that's, that's part of the value of, of a studio is you're trying to get a tremendous amount of leverage and repeatability. Um, so we've been trying to find others we can beg, borrow and steal from for sure. Um, but there still is a lot of uniqueness that I find in each one. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like a funnel where, mm-hmm. uh, accelerators, right. We all have a pretty good idea of what accelerators are. And yes, there's things that differ here and there mm-hmm. on accelerators, but studios are still <clears throat> earlier as far as the, the number of studios out there. And I think we're in the middle of that, of that funnel where at the bottom of it, it's going to be pretty standard, mm-hmm. uh, but we're still, still working through kinks as studios as sure about processes. Sure. Good point. So, I mean, when we think about it, like at OC4, when we think about the Venture Studio and, you know, my partner and our team that we put together, um, because I couldn't agree with you more that, like, the value of that core studio team is critical. And and we've taken uh, our time to build that team because we want the best of the best. Um, You know, we're, we're really focused on Southern California, and we now have someone in LA who is our head of data and um, technology who, you know, most recently was the head of data science at Bird, the scooter company in Santa Monica and had a, you know, 50 person data science team and is just, but he's willing to go in and teach a founder who doesn't know a lot about machine learning or, or data architecture, how to do it and can develop that junior talent underneath him over time that will help our studio really start to scale. And then our head of product who, you know, has built TurboTax and into it and, you know, is head of product at GoDaddy and just has that product centric methodology that we think, again, we can go teach a lot of other people how to do this in a very predictable, repeatable way. So we're really focused on that operating experience and the leverage that you can get from 
really strong foundation and strong methodology. So as you look at other studios around, who, who do you feel like is really doing that well from a operational excellence standpoint? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I would just uh, double down on your comment to, or both of our comments around the team stuff. Like when, when I talk to successful studios, they say the number one thing is do you have a founder at your studio that's really well connected in the investor world Mm-hmm. And someone that's really well connected on the on the talent front and for future entrepreneurs and founders. So mm-hmm. the team that you're building as you're building a studio is really important. And from an operating uh, standpoint as well, uh, in giving those examples. So the first one that comes to mind is uh, Pioneer Square Labs mm-hmm. out of Seattle. Uh, they have five managing directors. And they all have strengths in very different areas and it's strategic and on purpose. And they're able to fill a lot of the gaps early in the stages of creating these companies because they each have their own expertise um, there. And then I would say another one is eFounders, which is out of uh, Paris, France and Brussels, Belgium. And they have two founders that they're probably the most hands-on studio founders that I know of around the globe and their portfolio in January just eclipsed a billion dollars with 24 companies. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, over the last couple months, they had a, they had a company called air call that just uh, blew it out of the water amongst all of the coronavirus stuff. They were one of those companies that just ended up taking off. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're another one where they've, they've started companies in the past and they're really hands-on for that first six months of their companies. And then another example, which I think they're all different, is uh, is High Alpha uh, out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And they have an ex-founder, Scott Dorsey, uh, as well as other investors and founders on their on their team that is, is leading their startups as well. And they're able to leverage their networks and their expertise in helping their startups. So. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are three that come to mind when I think of uh, strong teams that are able to leverage their expertise in helping these founders get off the ground when they're earlier in their career. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, that's helpful. Thank you. So as you think about, I don't think we've talked about this previously, when you, if you think about the kinds of talent that you think thrives in a studio. So mm-hmm. we're, we're building our team here to then work in, uh, a portfolio of companies. Yeah. Um, as you as you think about the types of talent, is, are there personality characteristics? Are there anything that you you guys have really honed in on and said, you know, these are the types of folks that really seem to thrive in a studio environment? Yeah, th- th- this is where I think it de- really depends on what your studio is looking looking to do and looking to accomplish, um, and how you you want to vet the founders that are coming in. Um, I know of a studio that's down in Mexico. They're, the guy running the studio literally will be in an Uber ride and he has conversations and asks certain questions and he'll grab somebody that may not even be thinking about starting a company and he's run some successful companies uh, out of the stu- studio Agave Lab. Um, and then there's other ones that have it broken down to a science. And when I think of those... They're more trying to figure out, okay, first, are you a culture fit 
for our studio? What's our culture? What are we looking for? Are we looking for the founder that's going to grind it out for 80 to 100 hours a week? Or are we looking for someone that's excited about both balance and working hard for, for a 40-hour week? Um, and where I see people doing this really well are uh, human ventures out of New York City and we are builders. They're out of the Netherlands. The two of them have it down to a pretty uh, scientific method. And part of it from the human venture side specifically is they bring in founders in advance and work with them for 90 days and just work on ideas together to get it's it. Almost EIR like it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, entrepreneur in residence is very mm-hmm. popular term thrown out there in the studio world. And it's almost a way to interview the founder before before committing because it is a, mm-hmm. a marriage essentially that you're committing to. Sure. Uh, it's very long term uh, when you bring these founders in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let's let's go a little bit deeper on that. I mean, it's been interesting for us. You know, we're we're about six months in. We have a handful of companies and our our model I think, you know you you have some familiarity with this we mm-hmm. we kind of we had this studio vision and but we did it from a running start and so we made an invest you know we, we've invested in several of these companies what may look a little bit more like a traditional venture investment and then we've also gotten an investment of our team and earned equity that way so mm-hmm. our our equity stakes actually in most cases are a hybrid of capital that we've actually invested into the company and i would say time if you will that we've invested from from our team and as we've gotten farther along we actually are seeing we can invest maybe a little bit more capital and a little bit more time and so our our equity stakes are actually uh increasing and we started we're now looking more like a studio than we probably did um, in the very beginning, um, which is partly the startup way to to evolve our way there. And, and the reason I sort of give that that background is part of what we, we are trying to find is like, what is that right stage and uh, also the right equity stake? So on the stage standpoint, you know, some of the, the folks we met early on, they were already somewhat underway. They might have already had a product. They might have already had uh, even a customer or prototype, and then we're coming in to gap fill in the areas where they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're getting farther along, we're actually going earlier. To your point earlier, we're like most startup studios; it's blank sheet of paper, and they're starting from from day one. And I think we're trying to find that place, uh, you know, to be able to do some of that, but also meet people where they are because some founders get a little bit. Uh, down the path only to realize, oh, I'm going to need a lot more help with this. And we we feel like there's still a place there. So how, how do you think about that from a, you know, um, how strict and stringent? Because I think it is mm. for a lot of them probably easier to say, hey, let's do everything from a blank sheet of paper. And I think that's the more common approach that I've now seen out there. We, we see a lot of founders, some cases are even floundering, um, they've been at it for six months or a year, and then we could just be that catalyst to really help them take off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
so yes i've I've seen it done uh both ways at Mm -hmm. studios i know a lot of studios they'll do whether it's happy hours or like luncheons and people come in and they just pitch their ideas and uh, whether they know they're over their head already or they're just wanting to partner with somebody that has a good network or expertise, um, that's really up to the, the to the studio. Um, if uh, I encourage entrepreneurs, if you're passionate about an idea and maybe you're not confident in being the CEO, but you still want to be a co-founder of the company, sure. a studio would be a great great opportunity to just go even validate your idea mm-hmm. right because that's uh I, th- I think that's 90 percent of uh like the job of studios is they're they're creating hundreds of ideas a year and they're validating those and then they're only creating maybe three to four companies mm-hmm. a year or continuing forward if the company's already already started um on those ideas every year and i think uh half half the battle is is trying to figure out that those first influx months uh if you're doing it alone those could be years versus you could find out in a couple months or in a couple weeks even if your company is is something that's going to be sustainable and scalable down mm-hmm. the so um so yeah does that answer the does yeah that i think so i mean it, it's that, there, you know, there, there have been obviously historically a lot of different ways to start companies. I mean, mm-hmm. a big part of our uh, our story to the market is, hey, this is a much more predictable path. Mm-hmm. And whether it's validate your idea or help you figure out you need to pivot earlier, um, we, we've tended thus far to focus less on our ideas and more on the marketplace and saying, mm-hmm. sort of your point, like, Hey, we'll we'll let the ideas come in, and then we'll see if they're a good culture fit with the capability we have, with how we orient, and and are these founders? And then we're and we're seeing, you know, it's interesting. We're seeing some first time founders that we feel like we can work really well with, and and we can grow them. You know, part of having done so many startups for so long, you know, I see this great even mentorship opportunity to help turn some of these founders into way better. Uh, CEO operators, then they might be able to be on their own, which is really fulfilling for me. And then in other cases, we're seeing founders who have done this before saying, oh, this is so helpful because you'll take on all these things that I know now how much distraction and overhead that is, that I'd love to have access to this great talent and also this set of services that I don't have to worry about in those early stages. So yeah. and I can focus on what I really want to do. Yeah. And I would, so those are like two great buckets of people that are perfect fit for mm-hmm. a studio. It's like, yeah, the first time founder that still needs some support. The second time founder that is like, I don't have to deal with any of the administrative stuff and I can just build and grow and mm-hmm. scale. And then I would almost, and then I would put a third bucket for a founder, which is the second or recurring, like second time founder, but they don't have an idea. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's where, yeah, if, if, if you come up with an idea, I would, or if you're a second time entrepreneur, maybe reach out to your local studio mm-hmm. be like, Hey, I don't have any ideas, but I've grown and scaled a company before. And, and I love doing that. And these are some of the problems that I get excited about solving for and going that direction. So 
I think that's a great way to look at it is those those three buckets. Those are three. Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. So, so I mean, they, there's been this explosion in studios over the last few years as far as the number of them. What, what do you attribute that to? Yeah. Uh, and just to give everybody context that may not be familiar with studios, so 1996 was the founding of the first studio, which in your neck of the woods, everybody mm-hmm. might be familiar with, but Idea Lab uh, was founded then. And then the next ones weren't founded until 2007 to 2011 uh some of the writings on studios they called this the first wave mm-hmm. um and the, the first wave was like three studios so it's rocket internet which is out in europe um and betaworks which is in new york and then you have the next wave which is 2013 to 2017 and that was roughly uh 80 so now we're at 80 studios worldwide so it's still not very many Mm-hmm. Um, and those are ones like Atomic people are probably familiar with, Expa, um, which is also in the area for, both of them are in the area for, in California, uh, mm-hmm. for you all. And then um, in 2020, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, we're now, I mean, it can scale, it can range from 200 to 500, mm-hmm. depending on your definition mm-hmm. of studio and, and who you talk to, um, but it's growing a lot. And, that, and, and to answer your question, my opinion of, like what's both caused the boom and the popularity. Uh, I think the early ones did really well, like Idea Lab. Uh, we all know. Honestly, really well. yeah, I still call but, it Bill's ideas, but yeah, there you go, there you go. I haven't heard that one, so I like that. Uh, and uh, so, so yeah, Bill's ideas uh, did really well, and in that, um, people started to turn an ear to it and think about mm-hmm. it. But I think what caused the slow approach is it's so capital intensive, as as we've talked about. Um, so early on, people are are looking at it. And it's like that's so much money to put in so few ideas. Um, but as you can put processes around it, and as more people started seeing it work, yes, it's a few bets, but they're very targeted investments because they're companies that you're validating and you're vetting through or you're hearing mm-hmm. about in the market or these entrepreneurs are coming to you with these ideas and and you have more control because it's from the day of creation right of this sure. um so i think now as people are seeing more and more of that uh people are latching onto it especially with uh, the past couple of years and just more capital uh going around and mm-hmm. um personally call me an optimist i think studios are, are going to like double in the next few years because now with all everything going on in the coronavirus world, more than ever, you need to be able to pivot really quickly. And studios are in a position to do that because you're creating companies from scratch. So, okay, well, those ideas aren't going to work anymore. What ideas are? Sure. Let's just start building in that direction. So... Yeah, and it, I mean, I, I'm going to take a little issue with your your concept of of uh, capital intensity. In that, I look at it like at the end of the day, it takes capital to build companies, but how you deploy it and use it is where I just see it. it's it's a trade. In that, like I said, if I take ten companies that I'm going to invest in, let's say I'm going to give each of them a million dollars, they're going to turn around. And they're going to go have to hire people and hire services and put system infrastructure and all these things in place. And I would argue that's more capital intensive with less leverage. 
because each yeah. of them is trying to figure it out on their yeah. own. Yeah. And there's so much duplication of effort and infrastructure. And a big part of what we continue to look at is how do we leverage a lot of the uh, investments? I mean, we're, we, you know, and we look across these companies, I, you know, in any area, I don't care if it's a system or it's a process or it's a person, it's kind of, all of it is up for evaluation from our perspective to say, mm-hmm. we may be able to be way more capital efficient here by doing it this way. And now uh, in number of companies all get the the benefit of that. And so I, I even think of it from a talent standpoint, there, I've, I've done this now for over 20 years. And so I got this idea that I need this full-time person in my company is in many cases, maybe just a psychological validation for me as the founder more than it is practical, good use of resource. And so I think as a studio, we can challenge those kinds of assumptions mm-hmm. with a focus on being super capital efficient. So that I, I, yeah. I'm curious how you think about that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess where, where I was going with that comment, I totally, yeah, that's a, that's a great nudge um, because the, the average starting capital that studios are putting into their, their startup on day one is $500,000. Mm-hmm. And that's given them sure. it's a year, 18 months runway. But at the end of that six to 18 months of them using that money, they're raising their seed round, mm-hmm. which when you look at other industry standards, which I think that, so it takes them six months to get there. And then it only takes a studio just under four months or just under five months to raise the seed round. If you're doing it on your own, like the other industry averages are over seven months just sure. to raise it. And then even getting to that seed round in the first place, it's not mm-hmm. six months that you're getting there. It's taking a lot longer to get sure. to that stage. So that's, and I, I think that's where you're going is like, are you going to choose to do it on your own and, and move along a little bit slower? And that starts to drain you of, resources when you're doing it that way or doing it with studios where they can give you a bunch of money and capital on the forefront and then you can just move really fast becomes a flywheel and they have the processes and you're just able to go 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 so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a good i like that so let's let's uh move a little bit over to the investor side so Mm -hmm. we were talking a little bit off the air i think in some cases we and we've we've uh, felt a little of this in that explaining a single company to an investor is seemingly an, an easier explanation than this, as I call it, a company building company, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, as we think about OC4, we really view ourselves as we're building a company building company. And that now has the potential to be something someone could invest in. And they're investing in the know-how and the the leverage there, but they're also investing in this portfolio that gets built. uh, And we own a portion of of this whole portfolio as well, right? So it's kind of this hybrid between what a fund investment might look like and investing into a a portfolio through a fund and this operating entity. So Mm -hmm. how have you seen studios really effectively explain themselves to the investor community? Yeah. Uh, so first, I'm going to start with the investors and mm-hmm. just give a quick, quick challenge to investors. If you're not aware of the model, 
uh, start leaning in sure. and asking questions and being just like genuinely curious about what's going on in the studio world. Cause I think this is, this comes from two sides and, uh, one, uh, friend that I know her name's Sarah Anderson over at centrifuge. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing a really good job of just like, we need to learn more. We need to understand this because this is uh, asset class that's growing really, really fast. Why is that? And mm-hmm. just asking a ton of questions. So that'd be my nudge to investors to start reaching out and just researching who studios are um, to start talking to them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, for the studio now, I lost my train of thought. What was that? What was just the, you know? How are you seeing people effectively explain this? To yeah, them? yeah. Um, so I would just say we we've been talking about capital efficiency and how we're explaining it, um, and I would just say that one of the the core things is just the speed that studios are able to move compared to the other investments that VCs are investing in. Um, and I, I pulled some data just to be able to, to put numbers behind this, but the average, uh, so we, we talked about the time, right? So it takes roughly two months, it's, it's two months quicker just to raise a seed round from stu- startups and studios versus your average startup. And these seed rounds are co- are coming from the day of creation six months later. So that's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two is the average seed valuation. And I know these aren't all uh, Silicon Valley averages, the average sure. across the globe, but 4.1 million is the average valuation at the seed round for a studio mm-hmm. startup. And for the industry, it's three and a half. So, um, and then 12 months after leaving this is studio versus accelerator for the 12 months after leaving a studio startups are raising on average 2.4 million dollars and accelerators the 12 months that startups leave the accelerator is five hundred fifty thousand dollars. wow that's so, a huge difference yeah so um i think as, as we continue to get more data in the industry and are able to share this information mm-hmm. it's it's going to become even more and more obvious that that studios are more efficient and the way that they're building companies and the way that their companies are raising money and succeeding um, by taking these small bets, putting a bunch of resources behind these companies and just helping them move really fast. So, so how, and then, you know, from your perspective, how does that translate through to the investor? I mean, you know, as I think about it, it's, mm-hmm. Hey, we're more capital efficient. That means very uh, likely less dilution which mm-hmm. means we're going to own more of the company, which means um, even at lower exits, we're going to get better return multiples, which flows all the way through. Like every, you know, the investor and even the entrepreneurs, the more capital efficient you are, that equity pie is just cleaner. And, yeah. you know, it, it, that that tends to benefit everybody. Um, and, and at least that's how, how we think about it. The other we talk about is this this idea that you... Uh, you're going to have more winners mm-hmm. and that that is actually just a net positive for an ecosystem that the more people that succeed, the more confidence that builds, the more likely they're going to want yeah. to do that again. And when you have a fund with 10 investments and really one out of 10 really works out, 
those other eight or nine that, you know, those people may not have the fortitude to go through that again. And, mm -hmm. and I think that part of the whole, from our perspective, the studio model is showing success and yeah. that success breeds success and confidence. So yeah. any thoughts you have around that? Uh, I was just going to double or add to that of speaking to the community uh, piece of things too, that we touched on at the very beginning, but OC4, when you've created these companies and we're now five years down the road, let's say half of them have exited. This is both generating new wealth mm -hmm. in, in your community. It's creating new jobs. Um, Kaufman did a study that all the new jobs, especially during recessions, come from companies that are zero to five years old. So mm -hmm. you're the you're the job creators in your ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately it's just creating more knowledgeable entrepreneurs in your ecosystem that's then just gonna snowball. So yep. you're you're gonna tip of the iceberg as you get this thing rolling um, and moving forward from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you know, you're in Denver, as I said earlier. How do you think about Southern California as you look at the, you know, you guys are looking globally, but let's, let's, let's stay in the States for now. How do you think about Southern California relative to other parts of the country over the next several years? Yeah, I think there is a lot of opportunity uh, when I look at Southern California. Um, maybe it's just because San Francisco steals all the headlines for mm -hmm. California, um, but I see a ton of talent via uh, really large companies. There's a ton of big companies and a ton of big industries, whether it's Hollywood and entertainment. Um, the, the sports scene out there is incredible. Um, I'm, and in California, just like the sheer size of the city, there's just a lot of people in the Los Angeles area and Orange County. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just see a lot of opportunity. And then I, then I, look again at studios and i see science is doing well uh bill's ideas yeah idea, idea lab still doing well, well. yeah yeah it's doing really well and and now with you all like joining in there's tons of room for opportunity in in your community and uh and i just when i look at southern california i'm like there's so much to be to be had there and so much opportunity and so many entrepreneurial thinking people. I mean, I think the entertainment industry is just the same way with mm -hmm. uh, people trying out for gigs and things like that. I think it's a very entrepreneurial spirited city when I when sure. I think of the LA. Well, so, I mean, those are so, some of those are the original studios in Hollywood, right? Like, yeah, there you go. There there were, you yeah. Go. yeah. <laughs> so now you're just changing the, yeah, you're adding a new dynamic to the word That's studio right. uh, from the entrepreneurial side of things. So. That's right. So yeah. Paul, Paul's given me the, the time sign here, Nick. Um, you know, a couple, couple other quick things I wanted to, to go through. As you think about companies and studios, right? I mean, one, one idea is that a company could, like a bigger corporate could try to set up their own studio. How do you think about that idea versus them partnering with studios that are uh, on the outside, because often the the challenge inside the company is how to set up the right kind of program and incentives that um, may not work under that corporate setting. So, how, how do you think about bigger companies partnering with a studio like ours or or other? Yeah, I uh, I am a hundred percent in the direction. I should say ninety percent. I shouldn't say anything's hundred percent, but of corporations partnering with. Mm -hmm. 
studios. And the reason why I say that is because uh, it's hard for corporations to get out of their own way. Um, corporations are set up and structured in a certain way to move through your processes in a, in a specific format. And what makes startups and entrepreneurs and studios such an asset is they can move and break things really quickly. And mm-hmm. corporations are built so those things don't happen quickly and they happen slowly. Uh, and as we've seen, um, a, a good book to read is, is new to big and it talks about innovation and in corporations. And it's like, you got to move, you got to move outside of mm-hmm. the corporation. Um, so I've seen, uh, corporations do it well, where they create a different entity that's outside of it, um, as well. Uh, but I think partnering with a studio where it's these people where it's like, you're, you're in this every day and you're an entrepreneurial, an entrepreneurial ecosystem in your community. Uh, you know, the ins and outs. And I think it's just really important, um, that partnering with some, with, with a studio like you, you just get that subject matter expertise as well as just taking a step away from, from what, from their processes. So, yeah. Well, thanks for that perspective. So final lap here. One of the things I always ask my guests to do is share a piece of advice or key lesson, you know, some, something sort of core to them. So mm-hmm. as you think about, you know, you mentioned the Kauffman Foundation. We, we need more startups. We, we do. We need that's the, Those are the job creating engines. Uh, as you think about, you know, prospective startup founders or early founders that are out there right now, what, what advice or, or lessons would you love to leave with them? Yeah. Um, I think one thing, this has been our team's rallying cry uh, over the last three months um, during the COVID times. And it's this quote uh, that one of my teammates uh, shared, shared with us. And it's, our world has changed, which means our clients' jobs have changed, which means that our jobs have changed. Hmm. And I think in, in that quote is just as founders, uh, we need to be flexible and able to move and be dynamic with the environment because if we're not, then we'll be, we'll be left behind um, as the world just continues to, to charge ahead. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one that, that we've just been uh, sitting on a lot lately. So that'd be that's, my, that's great. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, what a fun conversation. Obviously, we're both living this day in and day out. I think that there will be a lot of people that get a lot of value out of this conversation. And part of why I like to record these is that, um, you know, there's a lot of education in here. And thanks for all you're doing on a global stage to connect and uh, collaborate and share all the great work that is happening uh, from a bunch of creative entrepreneurs that that are trying to build these company building companies like we are here at at OC4. Yeah. Um, thanks for being a you know the great promoter of the studios around the world. And I appreciate you guys all you're doing. And and as I said from the outset, you're helping to accelerate OC even from Denver. So thanks for joining. Yeah, yeah no, thank you, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Uh, love love having these conversations and keep it up with everything you're doing to impact the community there. So thank you. Appreciate what you do.
You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 